It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, it's Gina Gardner here, and welcome to the Gina Gardner and Friends Show. I'm really pleased to be able to introduce to you Shane Mulgrew. He works helping professional athletes transition to a different life and to achieve success. Now, whilst you work with, um, and welcome to the show, Shane, while you work with um, sports people, I think it's really important for listeners to recognise that any transition from um, from work to being redundant, from being redundant into a new job, leaving work to retire, all of those things are a transition where it's very easy to feel lost. And I know that the principles of what you do will work for anyone. So if you're not someone who is a professional sportsman, please don't turn off. This program has got lots of richness that will help you too. Shane, thank you for joining the show. Be really grateful if you'd share with our listeners your story. How did you come to be doing this work? Yeah, no, here, thank you, Gina, and thanks for having me. And, and I suppose hopefully we can give the, the people some value today. Um, but yeah, my, my story is, um, I suppose I've, I've told it many times, and it's very easy to always be, you know, start off um, with a story that, that does, I mean, trigger trigger an, a negative past, let's say, so a, an emotional past that, that I where you, you, you're, you're sort of stuck or you're at the bottom. And I think all, a lot of stories are like that. Whereas I actually had an amazing childhood and I want to reiterate that, that um, I had an amazing childhood um, and everything, a great life and I still have. I suppose I just went a few, through a few difficulties that I didn't understand. So and, I, and it was all internal, so like mental and emotional. So I didn't really understand what that was. You know, I got no teachings of how to, you know, manage yourself internally, manage your thoughts, your emotions. Um, I just thought I felt a certain way, and that was either negative or, or positive. 
you know, and I probably didn't even differentiate or compare negative or positive. It's just you're going through a roller coaster of emotions and, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so again, you don't have to have a negative story or a negative past in order to con- conquer parts of your life or be successful. It's just everybody has a, I suppose, a unique story to tell. And, and mine does have a uh, some problems or some troubles or struggles that I had to go through. Um, I mean, school um, was really just about playing sport for me. And uh, that's it. Um, when I was about 11, 11 or, or 12, I was told you do an exam in, in primary school and I was told that I probably wasn't smart enough to do the exam. So it was a waste of my time doing it. And um, now it's very easy to sit and blame the teacher for that. But yeah. I think, I, I think looking back, it, it wasn't the case whatsoever. It was more, look, she she it would be really hard and probably mentally difficult for Shane to do this this um this exam so which we think or we feel that he he should you know shouldn't have to you know waste his energy doing it and then feel the exam and then feel a wee bit feel down about that so i was recommended not to do it let's say and i suppose from that point onward you know i just felt that education was never going to be my thing and i i I suppose I just I just made a decision that that I wasn't going to be that that smart person or that person that could be educated. Um, I mean, compare myself to the other classmates. I just was wasn't as fast at learning as others. As I, I found it really difficult to take things in, and uh, I made probably made the decision that that that, that education wasn't going to be for me, and that was probably a period of. 12 to 13 years of that. Um, luckily, uh, I, I'm i pretty talented in, in all activities. So any activity, I seem to, to take it on really well. I can I can be good at it right away. I'm one of those people that in, in, form, in, in forms of sports or exercise, I can just do it really well. Uh, I can focus much better on, on activity, on fitness, on, on sports, any, any of those types of things. And that's what I went to then. So that was my sort of happy place. Anything that involved activity, sports, um, soccer, Gaelic football, um, now CrossFit, any sort of activity was just my happy place. And uh, anything involving education or learning or trying to develop you know, myself, it was just non-existent. I was never going to go that way. Um, but again, I had an amazing childhood and so many experiences I played for my country internationally and 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 soccer uh he was incredibly successful in, in a variety of sports and i suppose that has taken me till that take that, that took me to, to i suppose 18 19 20 years of age uh, I, and i made the decision that i wanted to be a professional footballer um and that's taken me i suppose till here um unfortunately um my dedication to to professional soccer um ended at, at around probably 21 um, and after that because I had my heart set on becoming a professional footballer. I had no education, no qualifications and then I was told I wasn't going to be a professional footballer and, and I had to make a I had to start working on a building site you know, I suppose the very next day and that for me at that time not understanding 
you know, my emotions, not understanding, you know, what life was about and uh, not understanding really uh, myself, you know, anything really. I, I was really confused and just went through a, probably a four-year period of just a real emotional and mental decline, making a, a lot of wrong decisions. Um, and, and again, just stuck in a real hole for a long period of time. Um, and that was the most difficult, and that was my transition, okay, from, I suppose, looking at my life and saying, I'm going to be a professional footballer and looking at that, that life and what it represented and, you know, sport was my thing. And then being told, look, you, you aren't good enough, so to speak. And I had to go into full-time work and I was working with a lot of older men that really, that were really unhappy, that didn't like their life and they were advising me to get out. To, to get out of this type of work because it's um it's just not it's not where you should be as a young person and I was just confused and um didn't know what to understand really I'm going to stop you there for a couple of reasons we're going to have to go for a break in a moment but I think there's some things I want to tease out quickly before we go to a break and after the break I'd like to then talk about you know how you got out of that deep hole really mm. Those who, who know my story will know that I was in education. I was a, a principal or a head teacher of a large, successful school for 20 years. And one of the things that makes me so sad is how often I hear the story where children are told, you're never going to be any good. You're never good at this. You can't do that. And it's so wrong because I would say if you're in education, and I used to say to the children, if you're struggling we haven't found the right key yet. We haven't found the way to help you learn. And you need to work with us until we can find that way. And the interesting thing is that for many people, dyslexic, dyspraxic or whatever, their brains are wired differently and they have other gifts. You Obviously, your physical coordination, your capacity for doing a whole range of activities is huge. Um, and so you're wired differently. It doesn't make it worse. It just makes it different. And so often you then build a belief in children that they can't. And once you believe you can't, it's a done deal rather than, well, OK, this isn't the right way for me but I'll work on finding a right way. And so if you're a parent out there or a teacher listening to this, please, please don't put children in that box and padlock the box saying you can't, you, this isn't, you know, you're not capable because it's not that they're not capable. It is about finding the right way to help them. <laughs> so we're going to go for a short break. And when we come back from uh, the working with the older men and the building site, I want to know how you've come to create something very, very different. So mm -hmm. please don't go away. There's a lot more to, uh, to find out. See you in a minute. Hey there, I'm Lance Bass, and this is Chip. And for more than 100 years, American Humane has been protecting animals in times of crisis. And if you're like me, your pet means the world to you, and you want to keep them safe if disaster strikes. American Humane's first responders are always prepared to rescue animals in danger, but you can also help. To learn more about disaster planning and keeping your animals safe, please visit AmericanHumane.org. Thank you. 
300 million years ago, there was no Africa, Asia, Americas, or Europe. Just one big supercontinent. Pangaea. And today, there is still a force connecting those divided by distance. Reversing millions of years of rifting. Making far feel close. Bringing there to here. Turkish Airlines. Welcome back. So, tell us, you're working on a, I, I take it it's a building site um, with older men who are unhappy. Great to be around all that negativity, I have to say. It must have been really challenging. Yeah. What yeah. took you out of that place? Because you're patently not there now. Yeah. Um, I mean, from then I did so many jobs. Um, I just went through a phase of I'm unhappy here. I'll move to the next thing. Um, and actually, if, if you look at my CV to this day, I might have done 10 jobs, you know, and it, I was always, uh, I think, incredibly lucky that, you know, I've got my mother's heart and my, my father's work ethic, you know, incredibly lucky to inherit that, you know, from them. But uh, I always worked hard. I just couldn't find an happiness. And I, I was that person, luck of, if I wasn't happy, I would just leave. I would just change. Um, so I, I actually developed a lot of skills un, unknowingly at that time. I looking back, I developed a lot of skills, a lot of personal skills, sales skills, so many things, and how to how to just I suppose just ha- enjoy life and and have have the and in Northern Ireland we call it crack have the crack. Um, but the yeah, it, it was incredibly difficult. I, I would say four years of just being sad and unhappy um but again i i was still playing sport at that time so that it was my go-to if i ever wanted to be happy um i i fell i don't know exactly i always say this i don't know what changed um i don't know there was no like big moment for me i think it, i just had a realization that i i was sick of being happy or being unhappy i did i did have a have a time where I was so down and out, so sad and stuck that, you know, I con- contemplated a few things and my thoughts wandered a wee bit and took me to places that were scary. Um, but for whatever reason, I didn't take action on any of those thoughts, you know, and uh, uh, thankfully, and, and I made a decision that I just wasn't going to be happy. I sort of fell into like having an interest in successful people you know, I think one of the first people that really grabbed my attention was was Henry Ford, and I don't know why. Um, but again, he just grabbed my attention, and you know, this man that can be incredibly successful. Um, all those years ago, and and today, you know, the world has evolved in so many ways. We've got so many opportunities to be successful now. Um, that that resonated with me, so I I took one step forward, let's say, in, in regards to personal development, and decided to to try and develop my skills. And again, I failed at many things in doing that. 
Uh, but I started to read books, and I think that that was a big turning point. And um, a lot of personal development books really, really resonated with me, and and started to speak to me. And I started to take action on that then. But uh, that that's what I suppose ha- helped me get out of that hole or or f- from feeling stuck. Um, so to stop you for a minute, isn't it interesting? That once you identified that that reading books had a value, um, and that you wanted to learn, isn't it interesting that you know for all those years in school that you didn't read and you didn't learn, that once you saw the value in it, and that you had some autonomy about choosing what you did learn, that you're perfectly able to learn. Exactly, it's it's amazing now. Again, uh, just before we we broke, I think that you're exactly right, and I'm just a different learner. I'm I'm that that's it. Because if you do look at sport and activity, physical activity, it takes so much focus. It takes it takes a skill. It takes an awareness. It takes attention, and really, that's what learning is, isn't it? You, you got to focus, focus to learn. So, um, but I didn't know that. There's nobody uh, around to tell me that. My parents, um as amazing as as they are um you know didn't know how to translate that to me and obviously the teachers didn't um you know so again looking back it's just part of my my story and my journey so i i don't have the answers as to why but um i'm just thankful that that i was able to to get into reading really but ultimately, all of those years in the wilderness, if you like, have given you huge gifts in terms of your capacity to be authentic. And I really appreciate how authentic you're being as we speak and sharing uh, these things. Um, and that you you know, demonstrated clearly that you have a really good brain and that you are, have a huge ability. It just doesn't happen to necessarily come in the uh, the boxes that people um, accept that it ought to, ought in, uh, in um, quotation marks, because we're all very different. I want to know, how did you then come to start working with professional athletes to help them make the transition? Because so often you're a, a fated, uh, you know, successful athlete one day and then there's an injury or there's a, a change of management and suddenly you're left um, high and dry and you've got to create a life when your life has been that sport. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think because that was my dream, um, that was my dream to be that that type of athlete. Um, unfortunately, I didn't make that that push and didn't make that professional career. But the transition was incredibly difficult, and I conquered it. You know, and and I, what I've learned, what we've learned in working with professional athletes is that that transition is incredibly difficult for them, and 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 there's no better or worse. It's just how that individual feels and what they're going through. So. I want to try and uh, eliminate that transition for them in, in my own in my, my own experience. But then what I've, uh, the skills and, and qualifications, I suppose, that I've been able to develop from them, um, I think because I'm, I'm still an athlete myself, I, I, I compete at CrossFit around uh, different um, competitions. And it's, so I'm still a, a physical performer. I still play soccer, Gaelic. I'm still pretty active. So I can really resonate with that individual as much as you know the transition is 
is difficult for everyone in life and not just professional athletes. I think I just can really resonate with those with those guys and um, I can relate to what they're going through. And, and again, I've been through it. So um, I know and they know from looking at me that, that they can conquer it. If I don't, they can. Yeah. Um, that's the personal aspect. And then for me, um, I, I always wanted to, to have freedom. And part of freedom for me is financial. So I, I want to help people with that next step then. So as much as you can conquer yourself personally, I want to help them with that next step in business to create financial freedom and to for them to get up out of bed in the morning and be happy with what they do, have a passion for what they do, just like they they did when they're playing professional sports, you know. It sounds to me really a very important support for people. You know, again, I think there are so many parallels, people leaving um, the armed forces and going into City Street. And I live just outside Colchester, which is an army town. And I've worked with many people who are transitioning from being in army life to being on City Street. And even something simple, apparently, as a CV, that they come with a very generic CV they ha- and haven't identified the skills that they have learnt being in the army, their organisational skills, their capacity to solve problems, to be a team member, to lead others. They don't translate it into the language of City Street. And so they don't find it easy to, to get a, a, another job. Or people who have been made redundant, who assume that I've been made redundant and nobody wants me, when actually when you start to look at the skill base, the experience and expertise. Um, and I think for me, before we go into the break, the thing to think about all of you is you are more than your job. And I know when I retired from headship from being a principal after being a principal for 20 years, I was really back to being a teenager and thinking, you know, who am I when I'm not running a school? Who am I when I don't have that position and that status? Um, And I think it's really important that you recognise that you are not broken, that you don't need fixing, but you may need a bit of help. We're going to go for a short break and um, we're going to carry on this conversation. So please don't go away. I'd do anything for you, dear. Anything for you, me. Everything to me. I know that I'd go anywhere for your smile. Everywhere. Yes, I'd do anything, anything, anything. For anything on your pet's wish list. PetSmart, anything for pets. Welcome back. So we're talking about transitioning from a position, whether it's being a professional sports person, and and Shane has huge experience in that, but, but making those transitions in life and owning who we are. So what advice would you give people, Shane, in terms of what they can do to support help themselves make that transition perhaps before the transition happens how big a need is there for support for sports people particularly high level professional sports people um, to have that support before and during a transition into city street yeah yeah well 
I said, when I started this, it was a passion of mine, okay, and I, I, I seen an avenue, okay, this is what I've been through, and this is the people that I resonate with and, and you know, want to work with. But then what we've, what we've realized in, in doing, you know, interviews and, and speaking to, or even our clients or, or athletes at the minute or professional sports people is that there is a serious need for what we do. And athletes are saying, look, the professional organizations may be soccer, rugby, um, even Gaelic here in Ireland. And then you've got the NFL in, in America uh, the baseball so there's there's so many sports that are just ticking a box and again what we realized is that in these organizations they care for you and they care for the athlete when they're performing but it seems that they're they're almost forgot about to an extent when they're not performing in the way that they want them to so and, that, and that's sad so again i've spoke to i suppose some elite athletes that are really well known and I just can't say their names right now uh, and some athletes and again I, I see everybody as the same I just see them as people and that's what they are but but athletes that that are professional but just aren't as well known or maybe as successful in their sport um, and again they're coming out of that sport saying I've spent maybe 15 years as a professional athlete and sports person I have nothing really to show for it so there's there's the, the the guy or girl that's incredibly successful and they've got so many raving fans. And then there's other professional that, you know, was a professional, they've done well, but maybe just didn't get the success of the raving fans like other athletes. So w w what we're realizing is there's a serious need for athletes in this transition, uh, especially personally, but then also um, professionally and financially because we only ever see professional sports people um, in, in, the, in the news, let's say, that are, that are successful, that's making all the, the abundance of, of, of money or financial income. Uh, we don't really hear about the ones that don't exactly make the big incomes or, or financial, um, the financial abundance either. So we see them all as all the same, but there is definitely a, a personal aspect of, of development and then a, a professional uh, and financial uh, aspect of, of their development as well that, that we conquer or help them conquer, you know. It sounds to me as if many of these big clubs, and hopefully there are people listening to this show who have access to the decision makers in professional clubs, that there ought to be a scheme of preparation for people right from the outset, because at some point, every professional athlete is going to become too old or unfit um, to play anymore. And, you know, thinking about, okay, this is not a lifetime's occupation. What are the options open to you? What are you going to do to prepare for that? Um, and how can we help you both in terms of mental strength and mindset, but also on a practical level? Yeah. Yeah, well, well again, what we realised is that, that we need to speak to these athletes while they're performing, while they're playing, while they're still a professional athlete, because it, it's, it's nearly... It's it's not too late, but in their mind, they are they've stopped playing and they've all they're already sort of have nearly fallen into that sort of personal decline. And it's a grieving process. 
exactly. living for a life that either they were dreamed of and it didn't happen quite that way or a, li- a life that they had and no longer have any more. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's much more difficult to go and seek help and support when you are in grieving, when you're when you are feeling at a really low point. Uh, again, so that's why we want to speak to them while they're playing because we want them to understand that that when they if they've got something, whether it be personally or professionally, they can develop that on the side. It doesn't have to take over their professional career whatsoever, and that that's the great thing about that. But again, there is a real, as you say, a grieving process where it is much more difficult for for those athletes to to realize and to go and seek that support and help. Yeah. Um. So we want to try and eliminate that that grieving process completely. You know. Absolutely. Well, we're running out of time. Where can people get hold of you, Shane? Yeah. So uh, you you get me on LinkedIn and the professional network. That that's where you can best get me. I have a, a website and a new website um opening up. So it's just shanemulgrew.com and then we've got ascentiveglobal.com. Uh, my company and my business and organization is Ascentive International. That's that's what we're calling and, and we we are helping professional athletes globally. Um it's time to finish the show. It's gone really quickly. Thank you, Shane. Um I hope that you've enjoyed the show. Love to hear from you. Please email me at Gina, G-I-N-A, at genuinely-u.com. Love to hear your comments. And please join me on the next show. Thanks very much. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.